0: I think that there is some fear uh, within a lot of charities that if they move into this collaborative partnership posture that they will somehow lose something. That it's a zero-sum game. That their slice of the pie will get a little bit smaller. And I think partnerships actually increase the size of the pie. And everybody wins.
1: Welcome to the Ending Poverty Together podcast. I'm Shalane, and we're here to discuss big questions about poverty in bite-sized ways. Peter Roblin, president of the Cheris Foundation for the last 12 years, is here with us today. He is a pastor at heart and finds many opportunities to exercise his pastoral calling as he spends time with charity and philanthropic leaders, learning from them and providing support encouragement, and helping them to listen to Jesus. Peter has been happily married for over 44 years and has two lovely married daughters. Peter describes his work with Cheris as the best job in the world, but it seems clear to me that his favorite new role is being a granddad. Welcome to the podcast, Peter.
0: Thank you, Shalane, you got that right. Man, being a grandfather is just amazing.
1: Yes, the grandparenting world is a a whole new part of your heart that you didn't know you had, isn't it?
0: So true, so true.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, we could probably spend an entire podcast sharing grandma and grandpa stories. But we are actually not here to discuss that today. I am very eager to chat with you about your work with Cheris, And I want to begin with the question that we are asking each of our guests this season. If you would finish the sentence, poverty is complex because.
0: Yeah, so poverty is complex, probably for all kinds of reasons, but I think it's mainly complex because it's all about people and their relationships. Hmm. And whenever it's about people, it gets extremely messy.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: poverty, I think, is is the absence of right relatedness. Hmm. We're not in right relationship with our creator. We're not in right relationship with our neighbor, uh, with the people ar- around us, both both far and and near, we're, we're not in right relationship with creation. There's mm-hmm. so many factors involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that at the heart of this not being in right relationship are things like fear and selfishness and ignorance. And if if you kind of think a little bit broader than that, there's mm-hmm. probably large institutional and systemic forces at work that 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 actively move against being in right relationship that actually activate poverty and increase poverty. So it's very messy
1: mm-hmm. now, Peter, I'm guessing that we may have people listening today who are not familiar with the cheris foundation. So, can you just share with us how your work with Cheris intersects with the work of Poverty Alleviation?
0: Yeah, I'd be pleased to do that. So, yeah, the Cheris Foundation uh, exists to bring hope and healing to the world in the name of Jesus. And the way we do that is by coming alongside of uh, Christian charities that are... Uh, registered in Canada, and do work in Canada and around the world. So um, our, our, our main task is to come alongside and resource and equip and encourage charities that are doing the frontline work. Mm. Uh, and, and so we've got 70 to 80 active partners wow. in any given year operating in 20 to 25 different countries and, uh, yeah, I get to hang out with some amazing men and women who are doing incredible work seeing the kingdom of God uh, come in small ways and in big ways. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And what, what does that look like on a practical level when you say you're mm-hmm. coming alongside supporting charities? What, what, what exactly yeah. do you do?
0: I I do a lot of different things. I thought so. so. We're we're, we're a highly relational organization. Mm. So we do spend a lot of time meeting with people Mm -hmm. uh, and um, listening to their stories and uh, trying to see how we can come alongside of them and help them in ways that go beyond simply sending money. Mm. Uh, Absolutely. We are a granting organization we provide funding, but we try to do so much more than that. And um, whether it's uh, providing s- some support for, for executive leaders and making sure that they're staying healthy so that they can provide healthy support for their teams, whether it's helping them with uh, strategic initiatives or kind of big picture visioning, or maybe connecting partners with one another Mm-hmm. Uh, so that they can learn from one another and they can share best practices or or perhaps helping introduce them to other potential funders so they, they can kind of increase their their level of support, their base of, of support. There's a lot of different things that we do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of meetings that take place. Mm-hmm. And then I also have the privilege of going and doing site visits in Canada and also mm-hmm. around the world. and. Okay. Oh, I love that. I love Mm. getting on the ground, in the field, Mm. and just catching a sense of what these amazing organizations are doing and speaking with some of the end beneficiaries and, yeah, just hanging out there. Mm. Uh, It it does wonders for my soul. Mm. And I learned very early on that I needed to hold a couple of things in tension in order to make this actually work for me. Mm -hmm. The world is much more beautiful than I ever imagined. Hmm. The world is also much more broken than I ever imagined. Hmm. And I got to hold those two things in tension. Otherwise, I think the brokenness would just overwhelm me. Hmm. Right. Yeah, so those are some of the things that I do. We also do, um, I sit in on an investment team. Here at Mm Cheris, we have an endowed, uh, we're an endowed foundation, meaning that uh, our founders uh, gave us um, a bunch of money that now gets invested. And the return on those investments Mm -hmm. fuel the grants that we're able to make. So that's another big piece uh, is ensuring that uh, our investments um, are being managed well and there's a good return and we can keep on going.
1: Mm And you fit that all into your your work week. Wow, (laughs) there's a lot going on.
0: I do, I do. It is a, for the most part, it's a really fun job, Mm. but I also get to hear a lot of heartache. Mm. And I get to have a front row seat to a lot of crises and critical situations. And sometimes that's hard.
1: Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that's where you draw on your pastoral calling, as you come alongside and, and support yeah. these individuals.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm, when I transitioned from being a pastor to to this role with the Cheris Foundation, there was a little bit of me that was, was sad because I was moving out of my primary calling of, mm. of, of being a pastor. Mm-hmm. And yet I've been delighted at how helpful that's been in my mm-hmm. role, mm-hmm. how often, it's being uh, used, and, and so I feel that I can very much be myself uh, in, in this role that I've got.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Peter, one of the things that you mentioned in terms of what the Cheris Foundation does, and specifically what you do, is connecting some organizations with other organizations. Would you expand on that a little bit? And maybe even in that, how open are different charities to being connected to one another?
0: Okay, so I'll handle the first part.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because
0: the second part, yeah, will get a little thorny. Um, (laughs) So we love partnerships and collaboration. It's it's one of our values. It's Mm -hmm. one of our Mm -hmm. guiding principles in terms of how we want to be seen and how we uh, assess our potential partners. We're looking for organizations that are willing to partner and collaborate with one another. And I think this is a high kingdom value mm-hmm. and that we should all be doing more of this. We mm-hmm. as funders and and uh, charities, as, as frontline providers, I think we should all be more significantly involved in deliberate partnership and collaboration. So if in our mix of, of 70 or 80 partners, If we have two partners that are doing kind of the same thing Mm -hmm. or working kind of in the same general geographical vicinity, Mm -hmm. we connect them. We Mm. encourage them to talk to one another. We encourage them to find ways in which they can make the other better or they can learn from the other. And I think that that's just part of our calling to see God's kingdom come. Hmm. And when charitable organizations actually uh, move into partnership, move into collaboration in a deep sense, mm-hmm. everybody wins. Hmm. Each organization increases its reach
2: mm-hmm.
0: and its impact and they have knowledge and insights and skills that they gain from the other partner, mm-hmm. and usually there is not a direct correlation. So as your impact increases, usually your cost increases at about the same rate. But if you're doing something in collaboration, the impact might increase tenfold, and your expenses might only increase threefold. Hmm. And, and so there's a savings there. And I just, it feels like this is just a win-win-win for everybody when that happens.
1: Mm-hmm. And you reduce the, the duplication, I would imagine too, of services in some ways.
0: It bothers us. I'm, I'm, I wanna choose my words carefully here because mm-hmm. we love all of our partners. But it's troublesome when you've got two organizations that are doing basically the same thing and they're not talking to each other.
2: Hmm. They're not mm-hmm.
0: learning from each other. And it's kind of, that's a head-scratcher. Why Why aren't you doing that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, which probably leads us to the second part of your question. <laughs> yeah. And that why, question,
1: why are organizations not working collaboratively with others?
0: <gasps> yeah, because it's hard. Hmm. Back to it involves people. Right, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the mess. And, and, and the mess, yeah. and so it, it, it is hard. Uh, and it does take a lot of intentionality uh, and and the both organizations almost have to have a partner culture, a willingness to do this, a willing a willingness to look outside of themselves and to understand that they they might learn something from another. Uh, mm-hmm. organization that they can do their jobs even better mm-hmm. if they were aligned or linked or partnered with another organization and fh you know that mm-hmm. so you, you know you've recently partnered with thrive and you're both mm-hmm. um, part of our partners our our charities that we love and and the fact that you two have come together mm-hmm. and done a joint project together and I understand it's probably seen on both sides as being a pilot it's, it's a start. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just wonderful mm-hmm. and, and so you're learning from one another and, and I think, I hope you can both see, mm-hmm. there's a potential to see really significant kingdom impact take place here.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sensing that it has something to do with an organization's mindset around abundance, perhaps,
2: yeah.
1: and the abundance yeah. of the kingdom of God versus more of a mindset that is protective and um, maybe a little bit more on an, an isolated kind of, I don't know, what do you think?
0: I'm glad you said that and not me.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, happy to say that. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I would agree 100%. <gasps> mm-hmm. 100%. I think that there is some fear mm-hmm. uh, within a lot of charities that, if they move into this collaborative partnership posture, that they will somehow lose something. Hmm. Uh, That it's a zero-sum game. That their slice of the pie will get a little bit smaller. And I think partnerships actually increase the size of the pie.
1: Hmm.
0: And everybody wins.
1: That's a great way to say it.
0: And, but I think that there is that in inherits, inherent sense that if we let somebody else in mm-hmm. to our territory, that somehow that's going to impact us negatively. Right. Uh, that um, maybe we'll lose some donors. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe we won't be able to say to our donors, here's what we accomplished. And instead, they'll have to say, here's what we accomplished and another organization accomplished mm-hmm. and and that might cause a problem in their donor a relationship and uh, i wish we could get beyond that fear for yeah. all of us that we could just get beyond that and recognize it's actually not about any one organization it's about god's kingdom mm-hmm. and how can we be how can we be better working at seeing um flourishing come Mm -hmm. Uh, and it doesn't matter who gets the credit in fact credit shouldn't be a part of this picture
1: right yes if we are the ones trying to gain the credit then our perspective is off because that's not where credit is due god is moving and drawing us into this kingdom work to be able to recognize his abundance and that um You know, his gifts are just so much bigger than we often can even imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So when you're talking about connecting organizations, when you see charities coming together and collaborating, can you think of some specific ways that you have seen poverty being addressed? I don't know if you have stories of organizations Yeah, or.
0: yeah so I, I I certainly have a, a number of examples a number of stories where partners have come together or where organizations have come together to increase their their impact and their reach
2: mm-hmm.
0: And probably the one that I like the most right now is thrive for good and mm-hmm. and what uh, James Waller is doing mm-hmm. and 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 thrive empowers people with training and and just very simple tools that they need to grow an abundance of healthy, organic, disease-fighting foods Hmm. in a sustainable way. And I can't think of any charitable organization that's operating in kind of that asset-based development model. I can't think of any organization that wouldn't be helped hmm. by partnering with a thrive mm-hmm. who has gained incredible expertise in how to help people grow these these gardens mm-hmm. that that provide this nutritious, organic, disease-fighting food. Uh, so there's there's a skill set there. Mm-hmm. There's some expertise there. and And then organizations like FH and uh, dozens of others can partner with Thrive and learn from them and utilize what they've put together it just it adds to mm-hmm. to the good work that they're doing and thrives reach and impact increases fhs reach mm-hmm. and impact increases and donors like i'm happy with that i'm thrilled with mm-hmm. that i think it It's good for us, too, right. So so that's one concrete example. And I know um Thrive probably has a couple of dozen partners now, and and that's growing. The only way that they're increasing their impact and mm-hmm. their reach is through partnerships.
1: Mm-hmm. And which is pretty cool that is pretty cool. And they have created this online library of training materials. And to me, that's a perfect example of why would another organization reinvent that wheel because perfect. their materials uh, are brilliant and they exist. <laughs> so why yes. do it again?
0: yeah uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I I think that's just just brilliant.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you know if 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 I kind of had a shout out to to people who are listening to this and they want to learn a little bit more, I might encourage them to look up a podcast that James did mm-hmm. on the platform ImpactAbility, Ability, uh, the okay. nonprofit leaders podcast. And he talks about partnerships uh, for nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, a resource that people might wanna take a look at.
1: Okay, well, that's great. That's one of the things that we desire to do here at this podcast is to lift up other podcasts and other resources that will help our listeners Become more informed and become yeah. more aware.
0: Yeah. Um, Can I give you one more example?
1: Absolutely. Please do.
0: So, organizations like Wycliffe, mm-hmm. One Book, CanIL, mm-hmm. SIL, they're all operating in that same general f- field of biblical translation into unreached people groups, unreached languages. They're all, they've got bits and pieces of that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And for for me, it was always, again, one of these head scratchers, why in particular, Wycliffe and One Book weren't more collaborative in Mm. what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And we were supporting both of them. Mm -hmm. And it just got to a point where I, I felt it was really important for them to start talking to each other. Right. And so I gave that encouragement and I'm really grateful that we had two executive leaders mm-hmm. that were really willing to lean into that. Hmm. And that has started years of collaboration between not only those two, Wycliffe in one book, but also with SIL and CanIL. And it's been delightful to to receive applications for funding where all four are listed on the same request for funding and to see how they're all going to work together. So that's another thing that I'm pretty pleased about.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. That is very encouraging to hear. Peter, when you think about going forward, what is something that gives you hope? When you think Mm -hmm. of the Cheris Foundation, you think of the organizations that you have the privilege of walking with, where do you find hope?
0: I think that there is abundant hope. It, it probably goes back to something that I said earlier. When I go out and visit, I'm struck by the abundance of beauty that mm. exists even in the midst mm-hmm. of the brokenness mm-hmm. and the resilience of people's spirits in the midst of incredible hardships. Mm. Their, their deep sense of God's love and presence, even though there is brokenness all around them. It's, its oh my goodness, it's inspirational, mm. even in the midst of the despair and the hope are so close together.
1: Mm. It's that tension that you described earlier, isn't it? The beauty yeah. and the brokenness. Yeah, yeah, the despair and the yeah. hope.
0: Mm. So I, I do find hope in the eyes, in the smiles, in the spirits of the people that I visit on the field. Mm -hmm. I find hope in the incredible charitable leaders that we have here in Canada, Mm -hmm. leading amazing organizations, and their vision, and their passion, and they are not gonna quit, Mm -hmm. and they're gonna keep moving, and they're gonna rally the troops, Mm -hmm. and there's something really hopeful about that. There's something else that that gives me some hope and this is this is kind of moving in a slightly different direction sure. there seems to be a growing awareness and um and a growing engagement with redemptive businesses mm mhm uh, who I think for, for for far too long, the church and Christian institutions have said, "Okay, business belongs somewhere else. You you guys belong over there. Yeah, you you go do your thing. You make your money, and then you give it to us. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, and, to check. <laughs> and, and Yes, and and then everybody's happy. and And I think we've done a huge disfavor. I think we got mm, that wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's it's seeing redemptive businesses, redemptive uh, men and women." running really good businesses, for-profit businesses mm-hmm. who are closely linked with charities and churches, and they're all moving in the same direction of seeing God's kingdom come. There's something really exciting and hopeful about that, mm-hmm. and we're, we're exploring that. And okay. uh, yeah, I just, I think that there's something there.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we know, uh, you know, from our experience at FH, that when a business makes a decision to partner with us they they are the decision makers right yeah. and so yeah. things can happen really quite quickly and the engagement is profound when yeah. and that's where we we keep coming back to mutual transformation where everybody is changed and everybody is brought more into this right relationship and yeah. business partners just are incredible when it comes to that. Yeah. So, thanks for bringing that up. That's uh, that is a, an encouraging, hopeful piece.
0: Yeah, and and for for us, this is another example of collaboration and partnership. Hmm. So, charities should be partnering with redemptive businesses mm-hmm. and donors. Mm-hmm. Like there should be this three way partnership that that sees the kingdom of God advancing. So yeah, we're excited about how that might all work out.
1: Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that's something that you're exploring at this point?
0: We are. We're actively engaged with a number of redemptive entrepreneurs, uh, a number of social impact ventures, and even in trying to prototype something where Cheris and perhaps a social enterprise and a local charity are all working together. So maybe next year we'll have a a beta model ready to test and and see how that works.
1: All right. So that'll be the uh, interview with Peter 2.0?
0: Oh, maybe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. That's great. Well, that's very exciting. Peter, we are coming to the end of our time here fairly quickly. Is there anything else that you were hoping that we would talk about? Anything else that you wanted to say or... Final thoughts as we end our time together?
0: No, I don't think so. I, for me, this has been uh, quite encouraging and, and, and quite life-giving. So thank you. Thank you for doing mm-hmm. this. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I think you guys at FH, you guys are doing such a great job. So,
1: Well, thank you. Just on a practical note, if someone is listening and they would like to engage with you, how might our listeners find you?
0: They can find us on the Cheris website, um, cherisfoundation.ca. Okay. uh, And uh, my email is there. There's uh, a telephone number for the Cheris office. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I'm readily findable.
1: Okay. Well, that's good to know. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of FH for the ongoing ways that you walk with us and show your support and encouragement. And thank you on behalf of the listeners for being here today and for helping us understand a little bit more about Cheris and just the role of collaboration and partnership in, with charities in Canada. So thanks, Peter.
0: You are most welcome. Thank you.
1: To explore what your next steps could be or find out more about FH Canada and the Cheris Foundation, start by checking out fhcanada.org resources.